I got to thinking while I was sitting there that I probably uh, didn't select the best the be- best week to come. You just just finished two weekends with teenagers here, right? That's kind of is tiring and a little exhausting, and it's almost the end of the what do you call it a module or semester a module? So everybody's headed for home on Friday, is that right? Or headed somewhere, right? Saturday. So everybody's kind of tired. You look a little weary. Everybody, anybody, how many people are tired this morning? <laughs> Almost unanimous. We don't get a unanimous vote for anything, but we get a unanimous vote on that. But anyway, um, as, as Brother Keith said, I'm the director of Living Waters Bible Camp. First of all, how many of you have been to Living Waters? Oh, half maybe. The other half of you is ones we've got to convert. How many people we've had that have worked as part of our staff? One, two, three. Somebody's missing. Natalie's missing. Where's Natalie? Oh, there she is. Oh, I didn't see your hand over there. Yeah, one, two, Tom. And who's the other one back here? There was one back here. Oh, yeah, Miss Tice. Not uh, Emily. Yeah, I got it. All right. All right. Well, it's good to have you folks, and it's good to be here with you. I just want to mention a couple of things. I'll be setting a display up up in the dining hall. So um, I'll be there before and after lunch. And if you have any questions about camp, uh, I'd love to talk to you about camp in general uh, or about Living Waters in particular. And, of course, one of, the, one of the reasons that I stop by the campus every year about this time is to see if there's any interest uh, that you, any of you might have in being part of our summer staff again this summer. We're looking, for, as you know, for counselors, uh, program people, people to help in the program, all the different activities. We'll be showing a video here in just a couple of minutes, and you'll see a lot of the stuff that we do at camp. And the, the video is primarily concentrating on the kids' activities. Marco, who's been our assistant program director for the last couple of summers, uh, put this little, these video clips together for us uh, from this past summer. Um, but in addition to this, before we show it, I just want to mention there's a couple of things that we do at camp that really did not get into the video. One of them is our Wilderness Adventure Program. And that's an off-site program. The kids meet at camp, pack their gear, and then they're gone for, you know, sometimes it's a weekend trip, a Friday, Saturday thing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes it's as long as eight or ten days, depending on what the trip is and the age of the kids and where they're going and all those types of things. All through northern Maine, sometimes we'll bring some trips over into Quebec uh, in New Brunswick. But um, if you're into that primitive-type camping, where you, you, know, you roll out your sleeping bag and sleep on the ground under the open stars, if it rains, we do let you have a tent. Uh, then in the morning, you know, if you have to get up and get your fire going before you have breakfast. If there's a few spiders or ants in the fry pan, you just mix them right in with the eggs for a little extra protein because you'll need it before the day's out. So anyway, uh, if you like that type of thing, um, for me, when I get ready to go to bed at night, I like a mattress, you know, and a fan blowing and, and that type of thing. But some people, you know, that's, that's their cup of tea. But it is a, it's a unique opportunity if you enjoy primitive-type out in the woods, canoeing and camping. Uh, it really is a, a special, unique environment to minister to young people. Because if you sit in a canoe for six or eight hours a day, you get a lot of opportunity to find out what, how somebody's thinking, what's making them tick, what their needs are, where they're at spiritually, where they're at emotionally. And so it is a unique opportunity to minister to some of these kids. Small group setting, there's two or three, sometimes four leaders with a group of 10 to 12 kids. So it's a great opportunity. And the other thing that's not mentioned in the video, besides the wilderness trips, is our family camp. We also do family camp along with the, ki- the traditional overnight kids camp. Uh, and we have some cottages and a small, uh, small six-unit motel and, and an IV park where we have families come uh, just every week, every week but teen week. Um, so we have an adult service with an adult Bible teacher. 
And because uh, that involves housekeeping and that kind of changes the way we do things in the dining hall. So um, as far as meals and things, so we have a, um, a family program as well. So if you enjoy, maybe you enjoy working with adults more than you do um, young people. So we have an opportunity to work with adults and planning some activities and some things for them uh, in that regard. So those things are not in the video. So guys, are we re ready with the video? Can we go ahead and show that? When the menu comes up, the top one, I think that will come up with highlighted anyway, the top selection on the menu, uh, that's the one that we'll take a look at. Thanks. The things that goes on at camp, a lot of the children's activities and the teen activities, basketball camps, the teen weeks, um, were, were uh, demonstrated or depicted in that video. Um, so I hope some of you will prayerfully consider, um, uh, I hope all of you, whether it's camp or a missions trip or something, are really seriously seeking God's direction for your summer plans. And I know college kids in school, there's always a lot of financial issues and financial pressures. Um, you know, but sometimes, you know, you just have to trust God to provide. And, and if God is, if you feel God tugging, you know, uh, towards your ministry of some sort, you know, whether it be Living Waters or, you know, we're blessed here in Maine and New Brunswick with a number of good Bible camps where the gospel is preached and, and kids are getting saved and hearts are getting right with God and kids are growing in Christ. But camping really does provide a unique environment to reach kids. So if you have a connection with a Bible camp where, where kids' lives are being changed, if you have the opportunity at all, some of you, how many of you worked at a summer camp, any, a Bible camp before? A lot of you have, yeah. And so mostly, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but um, it's a tremendous opportunity. And if you get a chance, it's a huge benefit and a blessing to the staff and the people at the camp like myself and the ones that are there year after year. It can be a tremendous blessing and an opportunity for you as well. And, and it can be a life-changing experience for the kids that are coming. One thing I think that's going to give us... Um, kind of a unique flavor, maybe, to the camp this summer. Mr. Calder, last Labor Day weekend, Wendell Calder, who's our founder and comes every year to camp as a Bible teacher, um, has a, because has, he's an evangelist, and his burden is evangelism. And, and a lot of the kids that come to camp that you reach when you go to Christian schools and the churches, a, a large percentage of, them, percentage of them are the kids that are already in church and Sunday school and youth group and come to camp year after year. A lot of them already know um, uh, know Christ as their Savior. A lot of them um, have heard the gospel. A lot of them have made decisions. Uh, so um, we're, we're having a real push this year to get more unsaved kids to camp. And Mr. Calder Labor Day weekend uh, announced an effort that he's doing, putting forth to raise the scholarship money for 100 kids. That's 275 times 100. What is that? You break college students. $27,500 that he's pledged to give to Living Waters next summer to bring 100 kids to camp absolutely free. And uh, he wants at least 80% of them. As we contact people to get names and contact the kids to get them to come, uh, his only string attached to that $27,500 that he's, he's raising is that 80%, at least 80% of the kids are going to be unchurched, unsaved kids. So that's going to put a, an influx of kids in the camp that don't know Christ, that aren't familiar with all the, um, the church lingo, you know, some kids that might be a little rough around the edges, uh, but kids that know, need to know Christ and need to see the love of Christ demonstrated. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a good opportunity. It's probably something that we should have tried to, to um, do a little sooner. But I hope you'll really pray about what God's leading you into this summer. And, uh, um, and we do have a scholarship program, by the way, for those. It's not an, a bottomless pit, you know, it's not an unlimited thing, but for those that you know, contact us early and, and uh, make a commitment to come and work with us. 
Um, there is a scholarship program we have available where we send some money right directly to the school for your school bill to help with that, and that might be you know enough to make a difference about what your summer plans might be because I know finances are an issue with college kids. But you know, I wonder. I shared with them. I was at New England Bible College yesterday and uh, talking with the kids down there, and I shared with them. 36 years ago, when Karen and I first went to Living Waters, the first summer we were there, 36 summers ago, um, we hadn't been married very long, a couple of three years, and, and uh, we'd just been accepted to go to Word Life Bible Institute in the fall. Uh, we had two young children. Jessica was six months old. Jeremy was two. Um, and we really didn't have, we had enough money to get started. We didn't have enough money to finish, uh, you know, and pay our bills for the year. We didn't really have many money to live on. So it's, it's the very, very same situation that many of you are facing. Any married students here? Oh, yeah, we got some married couples. And it's, it kind of complicates that a little bit when you're married. You get more responsibilities. You know, you get, you know, rent to pay and a car payment to make and, and uh, time to spend with the family if you've got kids. And that even makes the college situation a little bit, a little bit more pressure-packed sometimes. But we used to have a veteran missionary that came to, uh, to Living Waters every year. He's passed away now, gone home with the Lord. He spent 45 years in Pakistan um, as as a missionary. I was, matter of fact, uh, Mr. Francis, the president of New England Bible College, told me yesterday he, he knew Dr. Frickenberg well, and he was the first sent by the Conservative Baptist Association, the first Conservative Baptist missionary ever sent to Pakistan. Um, but anyway, he spent 45 years there. Uh, but one, I can still remember, you know how every once in a while you hear a message or a sermon, and you might not remember the whole thing, or you might not even remember the general context, but something is said uh, in that sermon that just kind of burns into your brain and you remember it. And 36 years ago, Dr. Frickenberg was talking to us. We meet at the end of the dining hall because that was before we had the chapel at Living Waters. So we had our meetings at the end of the dining hall, set the chairs up down there. But Dr. Frick, one, uh, Dr. Frick one Saturday morning was uh, talking to the staff before he left. And he was a tall Swedish guy, white hair, a, a real dignified gentleman. Um, I can still see him coming into the dining hall in the morning. He'd come in before breakfast, and he and his wife and strolled down the center of the dining hall before breakfast. And you say, good morning, Dr. Frick. How are you doing today? And he'd point up. He'd smile and say, it's going to be a good day. God's still on the throne. And, you know, and, and that's just the, the demeanor that he had. You know, and you knew that he was a man that knew God and loved God. And um, you, you valued any t opportunity you had to listen to him. Um, but anyway, he was talking to us in the staff that Saturday morning, and, and I don't remember the whole context of the message or what he was talking about, but I can remember he got there and he shook that curled finger, crooked finger he had at us, and he staff people, he said, if God gives you the green light, God will give you the green backs. So don't, you know, don't let money be the only issue in determining what your summer uh, activities are. You know? Uh, I know they have a bearing on it, and I'm not downplaying those things, but, you know, God, sometimes you need to just launch out into the deep, right, and throw your net on the other side of the boat. Uh, and that would be good. How much time do we have? When are we supposed to be done? I never asked. I got five minutes. Very quickly, I want to give you a couple of things. So if you're interested in camp, I'd love to talk to you. I'll be up uh, in the dining hall. I'll have the display set up. I'll leave a bunch of brochures here. We have the new brochures for this coming summer. Uh, and I'll leave applications up there. But uh, I didn't even get to what I was going to talk about. But... Um, I'm just going to leave you six things very quickly. Uh, I was reading them these a couple of weeks ago, and, and our theme at Camp Again this summer is kind of on the same thing we did last summer. And that is the thing that sometimes we just need to come apart and rest. I think as Christians, one of the things that Satan uses more than anything else to keep us from really being intimate with God and having that close dependency on Him is busyness. 
I heard Dr. George Sweeting years ago in a message one time say, beware the barrenness of an overactive life. Uh, and, we, and college students, you know all about it. Because I can remember the college days and exams and papers and homework and ministry opportunities and all those things just pile up on you. And uh, college, Bible college can be one of the places it's easier than I think sometimes anywhere else to get so busy that you, you lose that fellowship time and that communion time with God. So don't let it happen. But uh, in, my, in my camping magazine I get from uh, the Journal of Christian Camping from the CCCA, I was an article dealing with busyness in ministry. And, and being able to stay focused and keeping your priority with Jesus Christ and your relationship with him fresh and intimate. And, um, and she said, uh, the author shared these six things, and I thought they were good. Um, and every once in a while I come across something like that, and I like to pass it on because um, I think it was... Uh, the first thing is this. Yeah, I don't know if you want to jot them down if you want, but I'll go through them quickly and then we'll be done. The first thing in keeping your relationship fresh with God and intimate is to pursue God every day. And I like the way that they worded that, to pursue God. You know, you hear a lot about, you know, make sure you have your quiet time, make sure you have your devotions. But the fact is, we need to make sure we make that a proactive thing. We need to take the initiative to pursue God every day, okay? Uh, and it's a discipline. You know, if you're working at a job somewhere and you're scheduled to be at work at 8 o'clock, most of us manage to be there at 8 o'clock every day. Or if we have a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, or if you have an appointment with, uh, with Mr. McMahon, you're supposed to be in his office at a certain time, I'm sure most of you fit that into your schedule and you're faithful in, in meeting those obligations. Why don't we do that with our fellowship time, our intimate time with God? Why don't we have an appointment with God that we keep every day? And if something gets crowded out, what usually is it that gets crowded out? Right? So pursue God every day. The second one is develop a spiritual base. And by this he meant... You need to be building a network of people that can be an encouragement to you. The Christian life is not an easy one. It's not an easy road. It's not a bed of roses. And if you have people that can encourage you along the way, uh, it's going to make it a lot easier. It's not a road to be made to walk alone. Develop a spiritual base. Develop a network of friends and colleagues that you can call when you're having a question, when you call when you're having a hard time, that you can... Uh, when, when a tough time comes, you can you know, call somebody and have somebody you can sit down and pray with or you can get advice from. Some of them are going to be your fellow students. Some of them are going to be faculty members. Some of them are going to be pastors or youth leaders that you've had. But uh, develop those ties with a, a network of people that you can rely on to be an encouragement. Not like Job's friends that he had, right? You need friends that can be a positive encouragement and, um, and give you instruction and guidance when you need it. Because you are going to need it from time to time. Okay, develop a spiritual base. Godly friends. Um, and be that spiritual base for other people. Okay, be willing to give some of your time to encourage others. Okay, it's a give and take type of thing. The third thing that, she, uh, that this person had in the list was study under seasoned believers. And you're doing that right here at school. But when you leave school, make sure you continue it. And here in America, in the Maritimes of Canada, we have absolutely no excuse with the, the abundance of biblical resources that we have, not to be constantly studying and learning from people with experience and people that have been in the Word for a long time. That's one of the blessings that I've had and enjoyed over the last 36 years at Living Waters, getting to know some of the speakers, uh, some of the Bible teachers, the musicians that have come through, and, and the people that have just been a blessing and an input in my life. And uh, continue to do that, whether it's magazines and books or CDs or on the Internet or television or wherever it is. We have so many avenues 
to be studying God's Word and be having input and encouragement uh, from the Word. So keep it up. And don't let that, uh, and don't just always stay in the same vein all the time, you know. It doesn't do you any hurt to go back into the library and dig out some of the books, you know, from a hundred years ago and read, you know, some of the, the you know, Spurgeon and Wesley and Edwards and, and some of those people to learn uh, about what they had to say. I'm reading a book right now, uh, kind of the devotional book that Randy Elkhorn has put together on heaven. But what he does, he takes excerpts from Spurgeon's sermons and then he, and then he, takes two or three pages and kind of elaborates on them in a devotional way. It's a great, it's a great little book. But anyway, so continue to study and to seasoned believers and learn. All, learning never stops. When you get your diploma from here, whether it's this year or X number of years down the road, that's not the end of your learning. It's really just the beginning of your learning. Um, so learning never stops. Keep studying. The next one is have accountability partners. Find somebody as you, as you go through college and as you go into the ministry or whatever you do in life or go into an occupation or a vocation, Find somebody that you get, develop some close friends, a close circle of friends, that you have the openness to say, how are you doing this week? Is this particular thing still causing you a problem? Whether it's, you know, for everybody it's a little bit different, but there are things in your life that you're struggling with, the things in your life that are tripping you up, that are really a, a, hard, a hard thing for you to overcome. You need to have somebody that's going to confront you once in a while in those areas. And vice versa. That, there again, this needs to be a two-way street. Have an accountability partner, somebody you can pray with, somebody that is not, knows you well enough to ask you the hard questions. And, um, and it needs to be a two-way street. Fifthly, take time to pause for a personal retreat. That's the whole idea that I've been talking about at camp, is you need to, at time to time, you need to come apart. Just get away from the computer, all the electronic gadgets, from the television, from your pressures at work, your pressures at school, and have some time alone with just you and the Lord and your Bible, maybe. And, and maybe you want to take a CD player and some, and some praise and worship music, or however it is that you relate best, and you can get into the mode where really just seeking God's face and asking God, you know, how is it between you and I today? You know, and, and we need to do that from time to time. Dr. Vance Havner uh, once said, you need to come apart and rest or you're just going to come apart. And we need to find time and a schedule where we can set aside all the distractions of life and all the things that are tugging at us and pulling at us, whether it's work, school, vocation, job, family pressures, relationships, uh, and set those all aside and just focus on one thing, and that's how are you doing with God today? And take time for personal retreat. And uh, the last one kind of goes along with it, but that's stay focused on God. And that's a matter of priorities. You in school know very well that lots of days there's more on your plate than you can get done. And that's the way it is in ministry. That's the way I, I face, it's a real frustration at camp sometimes because I know I've got 12 things on, that, that need to be done. And I know I'm not going to get to them all today, but they're all important. But you need to learn how to prioritize your activities and determine, you know, I've got three things today that I've got to get done. The rest of them can wait. And determine what it is that really is the most important. And that allows you to accomplish the things that need to be done. But it also stay, allows you to stay focused on God's plan and God's purpose in your life on a day-by-day -day basis. And don't get bogged down in, in the big thing. Just schedule, prioritize, and, and, and try to keep God in focus. And, and then the other activities and the other responsibilities and things that you have will fall into place. So I'll just read them for you real quick. And we'll be done. Know the bells ring. Pursue God every day. Develop a spiritual base. Study under seasoned believers. Have accountability partners. Pause for personal retreat, personal time alone with God. 
and stay focused on God and what he has for your life on a day-by-day basis. Alrighty, for the keys. We all done? Let's close in a word of prayer. And we'll go. Father, we thank you for this group of young people. We thank you for the, the staff and the faculty and the leadership here. We just pray, Lord, you'll help them to finish this, um, this segment of their school year well uh, and just get uh, a time of refreshing, uh, refreshment and uh, rejuvenation over their break, both physically and spiritually, and, and then come back uh, in a couple of weeks and really uh, just finish the school year well with a flourish. And, and uh, we just pray, Lord, as, as these young people contemplate what it is that you would have them to do over the summer months, we just pray that they'd be sensitive to your leading. And, Lord, if you have them to go home and work, we just pray you'd make that clear to them. If you'd have them to go into a ministry or a missions trip or whatever it might be, Lord, just help them to be sensitive to your will and to your leading. Thank you so much for them and for their willingness to be here and to study, the willingness to serve you uh, and invest their time in their life uh, for the kingdom of Christ. And we just ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much.